Welcome back to the Fit Life Podcast. I decided to have a couple of months break from the podcast just because we kind of ran out of guests and I didn't want to just be throwing podcasts out there for the sake of it. But I thought it was as good as time as any as uh, we now know that we can reopen our gym next week. And so I thought a bit of reflection on the last four months would be quite a nice way to kickstart this all back up again. So I'm going to start by taking it right back to March the 20th which was the day that Boris announced uh, that we had to shut our gym. It was actually the day after my birthday and Jess took me away on the Thursday night, which was the 19th, um, for a night away in the hotel without Ezra, our son. Uh, We returned completely refreshed, uh, but we knew there was an announcement coming at 5.30. And to be honest, I did fear the worst. So I did something I don't normally do, which was turn my phone off. So at 5.25, I decided I'm going to turn my phone off and I'm just going to watch this without any interruption. And I'm so glad that I did. Even though deep down I did know what he was going to say, I knew he was going to say that we could shut. When I heard him say it, it was still really, really tough. Um, I watched the whole announcement. Um, I took time to take it on board without any distraction. I sat on my own and watched it and started to deal with my own thoughts. Now you need to remember at this point, we didn't even know what furlough was. We didn't know uh, about the grants or the loans or anything like that at this point. So all we knew is that we had to shut the gym that night. We could not reopen tomorrow. So once the announcement had finished and the broadcasting had stopped, I got in my car, my phone was still off, and I went for a little drive to just think about everything that needed to be done and so I arrived at the gym at about 7, 7.15 um, and Amy and Lawrence were there, Lawrence was taking a class, there was only four or five people in the class because at that point we had already been very quiet um, because people had started to shelter and uh, it was tough, you know, I had to go in and say to Amy, that's it, we're looking up. Um, we won't be reopening tomorrow. Um, and I just sort of walked around the gym, took it all in, went into my little office and started writing out an email. Now on that drive, as I drove around for about half an hour, getting in my thoughts, I didn't once go into panic mode. There was never a sense of panic. Um, luckily, I'd read this book called The Infinite Game from Simon Sinek uh, just a couple of months before. Now, The Infinite Game talks about doing things today that are going to benefit the company or the brand in the long term. So The Infinite Game just simply means that you're doing it for the longevity of the company. And so, thankfully, I took that on board and remembered that on that drive I made the decision to freeze all our members' memberships. This is pretty much our total revenue. So it was a complete switch off of our revenue stream. The email read like this. The overwhelming support from members and guests since the announcement has had myself, Jess and the staff in tears. The amount of people wishing to continue paying their direct debit has been mind-blowing. Not only is this humbling, it also shows what an incredible community we have in this area. Thank you. However, we can't accept these offers. This is a time of uncertainty for us all. 
We are either unsure of our financial security with many industries being affected or we are overworked from trying to keep up with the demand for key workers. Those on direct debit monthly instalments will be paused with immediate effect. We did this to make sure that people knew that FitLife was more than just a gym and a studio. We really do care about all those people that are involved with us. From here, we had already set up a Facebook group called FitLive, where we were delivering three or four classes per day. The group was free to join for everyone, not just members. It was our way of giving back what people needed, which is their physical and mental health through this tough time. The instructors were incredible. There was no guarantee that they would earn any money out of delivering these sessions. Um, they were doing two or three a week on FitLive. And they were awesome. It built this community around us that was external from the gym. We had different people joining these sessions. It definitely kept us as instructors sane. And from the messages that we've received for the people that were participating, it did the same for them too. I actually loved this whole thing. The infinite game is what I kept reminding myself. And it's a pleasure to play it. It's not straightforward and it can be related into loads of different areas of your life. I'm just referring it to this story right now. But think about it as, a, as your health, as your health and fitness. We're so key all the time to be working towards a goal. I'm guilty of it too. I'm very goal orientated. So I like to have an event or something that's going to challenge me to push myself in the gym every day. But it's an infinite game. Health is an infinite game. Yes, our goal might be to lose a stone by the 1st of September. But when we get there, what do we do? Do we stop and say, I've done that. I'm not going to eat healthily anymore. I'm not going to work out. Or do we carry on because we know it's for the longevity of our well-being? It's an infinite game. I've used the comparison to a relationship with people that first joined the gym or who've never been in the gym before. And this is something that Simon Sinek has said as well. He says, what is that moment? What was the exact moment that you fell in love with your wife or your husband? And usually the answer is, I don't know. It just happened over time. And it's the same thing with your health and your fitness. If you start a program or a workout regime, you don't then look in the mirror after day one and say, mm, nothing's changed. I'm going to quit. If you go back day after day and keep implementing these healthy habits into your life, at some point you will be in shape. Now, I can't tell you when that will be or how long it will take, but I can guarantee it will happen as long as you work at it, just like your relationship with your partner. Equally, when you do fall in love and you say, I want to marry them, you don't get to your wedding day and then just give up. You carry on working at that relationship day after day. So when you hit the goal that you want to hit, it doesn't stop there. It's an infinite game. Your relationship, your exercise, your health is an infinite game that needs to be worked on day in and day out. Now, it was no coincidence during lockdown four months ago that the only thing that we were allowed to go out of our house for was exercise. One hour of exercise every day. Even Boris, even our government know how important that is for our mental and our physical health. And because we had nothing else to do in our lives, that one hour a day was incredible. 
so many more people took up exercise than who weren't doing it before. Going out running, going out cycling, walking, home exercise, everything. Things that they never used to do just because it was the only thing they could do. And now I'm already noticing that people have slipped back. They've forgotten about it. They've forgotten about the importance. Health is the number one priority. This is what coronavirus has shown us. Without your health, we are nothing. Absolutely nothing. Almost every single industry minus the NHS was shut down because our health was at risk. That just shows you that our jobs are so insignificant when it comes to our health. And yet we allow our busy lives, our busyness, our work, our short-term finite game to take over, to interrupt our health. But that is the infinite game right there. The infinite game is to know that you need to do things today that are going to help you in 10, 20, 15, 50 years from now. That's the infinite game. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm as much of a goal person as anyone else. And so when I started to think about this and started to think about the infinite game, I actually sat down and wrote a 10-year goal. In fact, numerous 10-year goals. I made them incredibly specific. So one of my fitness goals is to complete the Norseman Ironman in 10 years' time. In 2030, I will be on that start line in Norway, ready to jump into an ice-cold fjord to swim 2.8 miles. Now, I'm a big believer that goals can pick you sometimes, and this one definitely picked me. Now, the Norseman is well-known in the triathlon community, and I'm by no means a triathlete. I've only ever done one, and it was a sprint. However, being in that kind of world and knowing a lot of triathletes, I heard about the Norseman, and it's deemed as the hardest triathlon in the world. Their website on the homepage says, this isn't for you. No offense, it just isn't. That's their tagline. Now, me and Jess and Ezra went to Norway in the winter, just in between Christmas and New Year. We flew into Bergen and then drove to a little town called Yalo. It's about three or four hour drive from Bergen. And on the way back from there, we drove through these two fjords. It was probably the most spectacular scenery I'd ever seen. We stopped in this little town called Eidfjord. It was something out of a postcard. This perfectly still lake and fjord with these huge mountains coming out the side with waterfalls, snow caps. It was honestly incredible. And then I thought, wait a second, this looks like where the Norseman is. So I googled it and lo and behold, that is the exact lake that you jump out of the boat and swim to shore. Then you're on your bike and you actually ride through Yalo, which is the place we had just come from. From that moment on, I knew I had to do it. I had to do it. But it's not something you just enter. You have to qualify. There's prerequisitions to do it. And so 10 years seemed like a logical thing. Now, the beauty of setting a 10-year goal is that you can dial everything back from that and start to set micro goals. So I hate cycling. So my goal this year is to just start to enjoy cycling. I've just bought a new bike to give me some enthusiasm to get out there. If I'm just going out an hour, two hours at a time, just to try and enjoy it, just to get comfortable in the saddle. That's all I need to do right now. Next year, I'll do a, a flat, easy half Ironman. Tick that one off. 
work on those transitions, get comfortable in the water, comfortable on the bike, and learn to run after cycling. And each year I can just build more experience, more uncomfort, more challenges that are going to test me towards that 10-year goal. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure if I book this in next year, I could train myself to do it. But that's not the point. The point is I know in 2030, I'm going to be there on that start line. And I can work my way up for 10 years to get there. And equally, if I do something like this, I want my children, of which I only have one right now, who's about to turn two, I want them to be there and to know that I've done it. I don't want to have to tell them about it when they're old enough to understand. I want them to experience it and see their dad do it. So I've put it out there now. In 2030, I will be doing the Norseman Ironman Triathlon. So if you are like me and you're very goal-orientated, don't try and just set small goals that can finish in September or October. Go and do a 10-year goal, but you can't just do it for the sake of it. You need to let these things find you sometimes, just like the Norseman Triathlon found me. You need to have a reason why as well. You can't just go and set these goals for the sake of it because it will be too easy to not complete. Let's say you're a mother of two young children and you're three stone overweight. Don't go and set a fat loss goal. Don't go and say that by this time next year, I want to be nine stone. Because one, it's not really realistic. Two, it's easy to break. And three, do you really care that much to not eat that food in the fridge just so that you can hit a weight loss goal? My advice to you would be, in 10 years' time, I'm going to run a sub-four-hour London marathon because now you're accountable. That London marathon is going to happen on 2030 in April and you're going to be there on that start line ready to run that sub-four hours. But what do you need to do to be sub for our marathon runner? Well, you'll need to lose weight. So that's the first thing that you need to do. These are the things that you can achieve and how unbelievable will it feel when you complete it? I've only cried five times through happiness. That might seem sad, but I'm not really a crier. Three of which were through physical accomplishments. The other two were on my wedding day and the day that Ezra was born. The first time I cried through happiness was when we got promoted through the playoff final on penalties for AFC Wimbledon. We were massive underdogs, but we'd pulled together and we'd achieved it through grit, hard work and teamwork. It was an incredible day and I broke down at the final whistle when we won. The next was completing London Marathon in under three hours and 30 minutes. I pretty much broke my body. I'd overtrained. I'd never ran that distance before. My knee was a mess and I pretty much crawled over the line in 329. Physical exhaustion, but an unbelievable sense of achievement broke me to tears. And the last time was last year once I completed the Frog Graham round. I am an appalling swimmer. So the thought of swimming across four lakes in the Lake District, one of which was a mile long, was something I never thought I'd be able to achieve, let alone the 42 miles of fell running in between. And so to finish that, when I FaceTimed Jess and said that I'd finished it, I broke down in tears. 
I was so proud of myself and it was just an unbelievable feeling of pride and emotion and a sense of achievement like no other. So I encourage you, please now, go and grab a pen and start writing down your 10-year goal. Now this is a fitness podcast, so make it fitness related, please. Go and put down something that you would you currently think is unachievable in your life, but in 10 years, how great will it feel to do that? Then you can start planning year on year. What do I need to complete every single year to tick that off so that in 10 years time, I'll get that done? I'm pretty sure, like me, you'll be an emotional mess once you complete that. Go and do it. So going back to where we're at now, we are, how many days away? 11 days, I think it is, from reopening our gym. It would be over four months since we closed it. And genuinely, I think we're in a better position now than when we shut. And that's literally because we were obsessed with the infinite game by strengthening our bond between our community and us and making them aware that we're here for them 100% of the way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. The storm is definitely not over. Just because we're opening back up again does not mean that we are safe. It is going to be a very testing time for small businesses out there, just like mine. We're planning to be at 60% capacity for up to six months. That's 60% revenue. It's going to be tough, but listen, we know we're here for the infinite game, for that 10-year goal, beyond that. So we'll ride this out. We'll learn from it. We're excited for it. And you've got to look at it like a game. There's ups, there's downs, and embrace all of them that get thrown your way. Don't look at life how it used to be. Look at it now and enjoy every moment. And just make decisions that are going to benefit you in the long term, not just the short term. That's my learning from the last four months. We'll be back next week with some guests on the show. So make sure you get tuned back into those. We're going to start this podcast back up as we reopen our gym. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.